Here we go. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the live Run Your Mouth podcast from Sandpoint. Let's hear it, people! Beautiful. Today's episode is brought to you by my loyal sponsor, YoCranum.com. Hoping this $60 kilo and one lucky audience winner tonight will uh, be able to consume an entire kilo. I don't know <laughs> if that's something you guys wanted to do. All right. First topic I want to get into is we're going to do an update on everything that's been going on in Russia. I don't know if you guys have been following it. But the first news story I'd like to focus on for this week is we got this obese retired general, 67, sent to Ukraine as Putin runs low on commanders. <laughs> I think what happened was Putin started a mission to take all the food and they went, I know just the guy. <laughs> and the thing is like the media in our country has been looking at this and going, well, this is how much of a disaster this war is. Clearly, if he's got to scrape all the way to the bottom of the air barrel and get this guy, you know, that just shows how bad it's going. But I'll look at it more like, you know, if he's this good at eating, he might be good at other things too. You know what I mean? Like he's master at least one activity. The other thing I was impressed by is that, that he was with this fat, but he lived long enough to make it to retirement. That's pretty good. Uh, so if you're not familiar with him, because you're probably not familiar with Russian generals, his name is General Pavel. He's known as the butcher of all-you-can-eat buffets. <laughs> and if for some reason you're listening to this in Russia and you want a good strategy for surviving the war, I would recommend standing behind this guy. <laughs> All right, so now... We've got Biden, and uh, firstly, this is a picture of him going, I just came myself. I can still come. <laughs> uh, but what's getting disturbing is that we're just continuously seemingly ramping up. We don't seem to be wanting to de-escalate this situation. I promise you, if they put me in charge, I think I could get us out of this war in about five minutes. It's one call to Putin and go, all right, you can keep Eastern Ukraine. I need some assurances that you're not going to be expanding. The whole story that he's going to continuously expand, it's not true. Why, like, why would he have waited till now? And then why would he just engage in what's basically a siege? And then on our end, why would we pretend like he's totally losing and we just need to send military equipment over there? Uh, the whole thing is kind of nonsense, but we do seem to be boosting up our presence in the region. Uh, so this was, uh, we actually just moved... Uh, 3,000 additional troops to Poland. And so here was what I wanted to focus on was this was the quote from Biden as to why he was ramping up activities in the region. And of course I can't read it on my screen. Uh, no, here we go. We're, per, uh, we're proving that NATO is more needed than now than ever has been. And it's important. I, by the way, I swear I can read in real life. <laughs> I just didn't set this up that well on my computer. Uh, usually I can see that. All right, we're proving NATO is ne more needed now than ever and has been important. I can't read it on this side. I got to stand up for a second. <laughs> now it would be great if I clearly can't read. <laughs> we're proving that NATO is more needed now than it ever has been and it's as important as it has ever been. Also bad English. That's part on Biden. I feel like there's... You know what? Can I just say, maybe Biden is not retarded and he has a bad writer. You know what I mean? Maybe like everything's like this convoluted and he's looking at the screen. He's, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> so I feel like it's convenient to claim now that NATO's needed more than ever. You know, it's like if you bought bear mace and then you went into the woods and you cattle prodded a bear and you're like, now more than ever, I needed this bear mace. It's like, well, yeah, you fucking started it. All right, so the other thing that was going on this week is you had Russia denied hitting Ukrainian shopping center, uh, which, 
first, like, I don't understand why they would just go, yeah, it wasn't me. Like, like if you were trying to siege a country and do terrible shit that they would give you land and then basically end a war, you would go, yeah, and we're going to do this to more shopping centers. I'm not saying, like, I just, I don't understand the lying where they go, we didn't do it. Like, what, what, what would he calling up Ukraine and going, it must be the other person you're in a war with? <laughs> like, are you, have you started a war with anyone else? Or if I was Putin, I'd be like, yeah, we got that new general. He was eating chicken fingers, so, you know, he's fat. He's got slimy hands. We're sorry. We didn't mean to do it. And then what was so, f I mean, it's not funny that they killed, uh, you know, civilians, but they had this guy talking about how they didn't do it. Oh my God. And that's like, he just looks like Fred Willard to me, you know? <laughs> like, that's like the perfect guy just to be like, I, we don't we know do building. We didn't do this. It was other other guy. <laughs> Uh, now, this is the stupidest uh, thing I've seen. Of all the analysis that exists and what's going on in the war and how we might be able to de-escalate it, is you've got Boris Johnson saying that it's because Putin's a man. It's toxic masculinity that he's decided, like, uh, which... Like, how does, you know, is there a way that we could pre-screen men to see, like, cancer? Like, that they might become toxic? Is there... Or, like, if you're Boris Johnson, are you like, all right, men might get us into a war. Like, I, so, you know, I could go toxic at any minute, so we better get a woman in charge of this country. Like, what, like, you know, and this is the way our world leaders make decisions now. It's like, they don't work with data. They're just like, what would some socialist idiots like to hear? And they go, oh, yeah, it's the time. Like, how are you going to solve problems, you know, if you're just like, I, I guess no men should make decisions. That's the new approach of our world Western leaders. Yet they're the ones that are making that decision. <laughs> Makes no sense. All right. And then uh, the other news. Oh, this is my newest conspiracy theory. I'm going to float it out there. Did you guys watch that video? They got the there were two things that were released last week in regards to Hunter Biden. The first was. There was a phone call where Joe Biden was calling Hunter Biden and basically saying, hey, kiddo, I think you're off the hook. Now, I don't know why that one's funny. <laughs> did, but did, you, did any, most of you guys see that one? So, like, conservative media was going nuts about this and going, oh, we've got it. You know, Joe Biden's been claiming that he's not talking to Hunter Biden about business activities. We got him red-handed, that he's clearly talking to Hunter Biden and saying, listen, this New York Times article came out, and I think you're in the clear. To me... Hunter Biden, I mean, Joe Biden, it was a rare instance where he was actually smooth. And he didn't actually say anything that would showcase the fact that they were colluding. He didn't call him up and go, hey, kid, have you heard from the Chinese yet? Did we get our check? Like, and, like, he would be dimensioned enough that you would think that that was possible. But so it wasn't that flagrant. However, there was a video of Hunter Biden, and he's sitting on a bed, and he's having, like, an hour-long conversation with a hooker. That's a weird thing to do with a hooker. Like... You've got real, hey, my dad's the president money when you can just be having conversations with a hooker. You know what I mean? Like, usually you'd be like, all right, I spent the, like, can we, you know, you get what I'm saying. It's disgusting. Uh, it's Hunter Biden's lifestyle. Don't judge me. But so Hunter Biden's there. And like, I understand why you might want to tape yourself having sex, but not when you've paid for it. You know what I mean? Like, who's bragging to their friends? Hey, look at this hooker I fucked. Like, why would you tape that? You know what I mean? Like, and then, all right, I might understand why if you were on crack, you would be like, my life is fucking awesome and I got to document this shit. You know what I mean? Like, I would understand. 
you're doing crack all the time. Your dad makes enough money that you can just afford hooker rehab, not going to jail. You can have guns, hand them off to Secret Service, have Secret Service give you back the gun. Like, I understand in your head where you can be like, I'm the coolest motherfucker in the entire world. I'm going to document this shit and then put out the Hunter Biden is the coolest person that ever lived video series, <laughs> sell it on cable news. <laughs> and you guys are looking at me like, what's he talking about? He sells shitty paintings for millions of dollars. Like, you don't think his porn tapes can make some money? So I understand maybe if you're on crack why you'd want to film yourself having sex with hookers. I don't understand why you would want to film yourself having a conversation with a hooker about how your laptop was just stolen. But since you're on crack, you don't really care about it. <laughs> and that you make so much money that you know, you're not going to even end up in trouble, which starts making me think that maybe we were actually, like there actually was Russian intelligence that was filming him. Because I just don't understand why you would sit down and go, all right, I'm going to have a conversation with the hooker. Let me get this on tape. Like, I just don't understand why you would do that. Like, so it, now my latest conspiracy theory and how much do I think this is accurate? I'd say about 2%. <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyways, is that maybe part of what's going on here is like literally, you know, Joe Biden's like, the Russians got Hunter real bad with that intelligence thing. And so I'm going to be getting some personal vengeance, which I do think also probably plays into that a lot of people are making money in Ukraine. And so they kind of want that area on lockdown. Like, I actually think the powers that be do have an interest in Ukraine specifically because that's where they're able to, uh, the train's on board with this one, <laughs> uh, milk some money out of the system. Uh, but I do think that perhaps when we, like that storyline that we got, of the Hunter Biden laptop. It could be true that that laptop, because he's a crackhead, so anything can be true. It could be that he's been recording himself forever, was like, my laptop's not working great, and just brought it to a repair shop. And like, you know, he could be as retarded as dad, and that might run in the family. Uh, but I do somewhat start to think now that maybe that was Russian intelligence. Now, the thing that to me scares me most about the uh, war in Russia is that, and uh, I don't know how many of you guys actually follow Run Your Mouth, this has been something that I've been talking about quite a bit, but the epic blunder of this war could be that we lose the dollar reserve currency status. Now, what is the risk of that? You listen to most financial experts and their pitch for the value of the US dollar is that it's king shit. That's the best they can say about it, is that yes, it's shit, but it's the shit that stinks the least. And now, I don't understand how if you had, like, you know, you got other countries, there's some sort of a market for what currency we're gonna use. So like, are we really gonna tolerate the one part, like the people, like we buy up more of our own debt. We're trying to keep interest rates low. We're spending more and more money. Inflation's starting to come in. Does that really work forever? Does everyone just accept forever, hey, we're gonna buy US debt? Or at some point do they start going like, this is ridiculous and they start moving to other currencies. So what we might've escalated in terms of kind of isolating Russia and trying to be like, hey, Russia's the bad guy. We're not working with you anymore. Uh, the problem is that both Turkey, I mean, not Turkey, I'm sorry, both India and China, which are very large and the fastest growing economies are both like, yeah, if you've got shit, we'll buy your shit. Like they don't care. And now this is like the old story with the petrodollar uh, that we're, you know, basically fighting these wars. And, you, you know, you can believe this or not believe this, but that essentially we need oil to be priced in dollars because that forces everyone to use the dollar as its reserve currency because you have to transact in it. You understand the crypto space you start to understand the value of just people wanting your currency that's the value of every currency oh if you, you need my crypto in order to do that crypto it's going to interact with that it's casino chips it's, there's enough demand for it it goes up in value 
So now this is kind of spooky because they're actually starting to see people move away from the dollar. Now, is this happening tomorrow? I'm, I'm just saying this is where the risk that's on our plate and this is where we might really lose and lose really, really big is that we overestimated kind of our ability to just go, hey, Putin's evil, he's a war criminal, and then Putin's standing up and go, you know what, I'm right, yeah, I am a war criminal, you guys can put me in jail now. Like, and the, the, the entire thing's stupid, but this is the risk on our plate, and it's starting to come into play. Uh, so this was uh, from Business Insider. Top Indian firm pays for Russian coal and yuan, and traders say more buyers could turn to China currency. The other thing that happened is Russia now demands rubles for grain as world's largest wheat exporter, uh, which same as the petrodollar, right? If 13% of wheat is coming from Russia and they're demanding that you have to transact in the ruble, so there's built-in demand. Like there's a guaranteed redeemability. What gives your U.S. dollar value is that at least you have guaranteed redeemability that you can use it to pay your taxes, right? So if we live in a world where people need food, right? And so the only way, and 13% of the food is coming from Russia, the only way you can purchase it is by using the ruble. You might start being in a landscape where all of a sudden the ruble has more value. And so people start do moving away from the U.S. dollar. And now we're starting to see, I think the, the Russians had some new system. All right. So that's kind of it for uh, Russia, Ukraine update. For those of you that listen to part of the problem and not run your mouth, there's no conclusions on this. I want to let you know. <laughs> I ramble, it's ADD, you get a lot of information, you walk away more confused than you came in, but that's the way it works, but you'll get to see a lot of news stories you didn't see last week. Uh, so this was a really interesting one, it's something that I've talked about quite a bit, which is the repo market. To give you my summation of the way financial world markets work, it's a hostage situation. It doesn't work. The banks, they're all corrupt, they don't have the money that they're supposed to have, the whole thing at any given moment, it should be bankrupt. It should go belly up. It doesn't because it's a hostage situation where if the banks go belly up, well, then pensions funds go belly up. The whole system goes belly up. So it's, a, it's basically a hostage situation where the banks can continuously make money because they'll get the bailouts that they need just to keep the system intact. They'll get enough reserves that they need to keep their banks going. And yes, there is corruption there. They should go belly up, but it's a hostage situation because if they do, a lot of just normal people like you, me, whoever you know that's about to retire, a lot of people are going to be fucked. And so you've got this seesaw when it comes to the repo markets. I, I don't know, probably most of you guys are not familiar with the repo markets, but essentially banks lend each other money so that they can meet their capital requirements on a daily basis. So let's just say your capital requirements so that you're supposed to have 10% of the money that your bank claims to have on hand. So you don't even need to have that. Let's say at the end of the day, you only have 9%, so you borrow money from another bank. So before the coronavirus, there was so little money in the system, right? They couldn't even borrow money from each other to hit their capital requirements on that just evening basis. So then the Fed just started handing them the money. Then the system switched where they had so much money on hand that they had nothing to do with it. The Fed said, hey, you can just park this money here and we'll pay you interest on it. Now, the fact that if you start looking at it, that like the Fed hand, handed some of this money to the banks like to make loans at some point in time, and then there was so much money at the banks, they're like, they didn't want to loan it to us. They just started parking it at the Fed. And then the Fed starts paying interest on the money that it handed to the banks. In some situations, it's not all Fed money, but a lot of situations, I think it's like money that the Fed made available to them. But now what happens when interest rates start going up? So now the Fed's got to start paying the banks more money. So now they're paying them like $100 million a day on money that maybe they handed to them or that they're just parking at the Fed interest-free. So like also, if you wanted to look at it like, hey, we need a growing economy, and so I'm, I guess right now they're more worried with inflation, so they probably don't really want the banks lending money, which might be their argument. But 
if banks are making investment, you might see growth in the economy. But if the Fed's going to pay them a guaranteed interest of 2% and they can just leave it at the Fed, right, then that's a lot easier. Just like, all right, I'll just leave it at the Fed. So the situation, I mean, this is from Zero Hedge. You guys can go read the article. But essentially, uh, banks are leaving more money just parked at the Fed. There's no risk to them. Some of this money is even our money, right? And now they're just getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars a day. And as interest rates go up, that's just going to kind of continue to go up. Uh, for those of you who are like, that's a lot, and you didn't follow it, I'll simplify it to essentially, it's like, if you're a waiter in a restaurant, you walked up to a banker, and you're like, hey, man, you want more free money to go with your free money? How about a side with extra free money for the free money that we already gave you? Uh, all right, let's plug more Porch Store. Coming up next week, I have the Whiskey Rebellion, which is going to be, they're, they're trying to create like a whole big festival. It's out in uh, Newstad in PA. And then I got Seattle tomorrow. Well, this isn't going out live, so that's irrelevant. But next weekend, Nashville, Atlanta, D.C., and Maryland. More dates coming at you. And you guys are having fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that kind of concludes financial topics. It concludes the update for what's going on in Russia. And now we've got the latest from the Supreme Court. So obviously last week, everyone, they're getting real pissed about uh, the Roe vs. Wade. They're going, hey, don't tell me I can't kill my babies. Uh, so now... We had some new really big cases this past week. So first is the Supreme Court sided with Biden's effort to end Remain in Mexico. Biden's transitioning from ending Remain in Mexico to come in, hop a free flight to Westchester, go share some Corona and have a good time. Because <laughs> uh, Biden's policy is uh, migrants should be in America where we have perfectly good cages and heated trucks to accommodate you. <laughs> Uh, and, of course, Biden's whole thing is, like, it's inhumane. It's inhumane. If you guys aren't familiar. So, firstly, Trump had some stuff, like, obviously, he didn't build the wall. He lied about that. that the wall didn't happen. But he did have some policies that were at least, uh, I guess, making some forward progress in terms of the amount of illegal immigrants that were coming over the, uh, coming over the border. Uh, this one was pretty effective because once people uh, come into America and declare asylum— I th from what I read, I think it takes about five years and about 50% of them end up like just staying here as citizens. Uh, with Remain in Mexico, essentially, it, it, what it sounds like, if you're going to declare asylum, you have to remain in Mexico. Now, you guys, we've all been to the DMV and we're American citizens. We see the way things get processed. If they tell you you got to remain in Mexico and file some paperwork, no one's ever looking at that fucking paperwork. <laughs> You're, you're, you're staying in Mexico. That's what happens. Like, it's not like there's no option for coming here. I think, they, I think the final math is like 1% or 2% of people. And by the way, at that point, just fucking sneak over the border. Like, that's what everyone else is doing. I guess declare asylum, sneak over the border, and then if you turn out to be the 2%, you sneak back into the country. And you're like, yeah, I was here the whole time. I was waiting. What are you talking about? Uh, so this one is not as big as the Title 42, which I think has already gotten like about 2 million people uh, um, out of the country. Uh, but this one was overruled. Now, I do think it was reasonable why it was overruled. Uh, so we'll read the opinion from Chief Justice John G. Roberts, writing for the majority in the 5-4 to four ruling, said an immigration law gave the president discretion to return migrants arriving by land to the country from which they came. But that discretion, he continued, did not amount to an obligation. In other words, Trump put in, hey, I'd like to do this, and they said, you can do that. But that doesn't mean that, like, that's a law in place that we have to do that. You guys see the distinction? All right, but then here is the line that I want to focus on. The key provision the Chief Justice wrote used the word may rather than shall. That provision he wrote means what it says, 
May means May. Everyone on board with that? It sounds like simple English. Chief Justice, if you're using the word May, it should mean May. And I feel like write that into the Constitution, because I'd like to point out, <laughs> U.S. government just bought another 100 million doses of the Pfizer vaccine for $1.95 billion. Can acquire another 500 million doses. I can't read from here, so I'm going to read from here. This is from Pfizer. This is the press release from that guy, the CEO of Pfizer. I don't know if you ever talked to him. He's like this real guttural speaking Jew. Like, sounds like he should be selling carpets, but... Here's the line. As the virus evolves, this new agreement will help ensure people across the country have access to the vaccines that may provide protection against current and future variants. This is the fucking CEO of Pfizer. And this is how good he feels about his product. He, he won't even say that it is good. He says that it may provide protection. You know why? Because he knows that it doesn't. He knows, and yet then they go on the news and they go safe and perf per, uh, safe and effective, which are, I, do they still say, what happens to Johnson & Johnson, you know what I mean? Is that still safe and effective? So I feel like, let's, I, I like this, because they use that all the time with it, may do, it may do, and then they pretend like that, like, if the fucking CEO of the company can't stand by, hey, our product will work, like, then the CDC shouldn't. I feel like that's simple enough. Uh, it's also uh, the weird stuff that's going on now, I, I would say, with the vaccines is that, firstly, they claimed – the thing that never made sense with the vaccine is that even if it worked, it wasn't going to work for variants. That was, for a period of time, conspiracy talk, if you were saying that. They were saying that you were – like, then, when we got to, like, the Om Omicron and the others, they finally said, oh, yeah, well, the reason it's not working is because this vaccine was for the original. But then they said, we'll be able to make vaccine-specific for each variant. Now, even if they were able to do that, I was like, well, it, they were saying it would take them 30 days to produce, right? Or 30 days to, I mean, 90 days, I'm sorry. It would take them 90 days to figure it out. So in my head, I'm like, that's probably at best 120 days to a rollout. Might be longer until you get into everyone's arms. So it tells me, even if you're going to make vaccines specific for a variant, it's going to come out and you're going to be on a treadmill behind whatever the newest variant is. Then you get additional research which tells you that the vaccines, while they keep telling you about how it works with the antibodies, they don't tell you about the T-cells, right? They don't tell you about all the other elements of immunity that the vaccine might actually get in the way of your body creating natural immunity for. So you start to realize, well, how helpful are these? Uh, but now they're finally starting to go with, we're going to be putting out the variant-specific vaccines. No one's asking the question of, well, wait a second, you said that you were going to do that for the Omicron, so what happened? Like, you didn't do it. You said that you were going to do it, and then you didn't do it, and now everyone got sick even though you were taking your product. Now they're claiming, well, we've got the variant-specific ones, and if you did, why does the government need to prepay for a product if it's that good? If it's that good, you're telling me people aren't going to buy it? Why does the government got to spend $1.95 billion up front for 100 million doses? And then, obviously, the fact that they're still calling it an emergency that we have to give it to kids makes zero sense. I did the math on this this past week, and I, I'll be honest, I might have had this wrong, but I read in the Supreme Court justice hearing when it came to Roe v. Wade. So one of the things the liberals are trying to say is that uh, it's dangerous to get rid of abortions because 17 to 1 ratio that you'll die during childbirth. So you're going to cause death by forcing people to give birth. Now, when I read that, I was like, wait, people die getting abortions? You, like, I didn't really, like, have you ever heard that in your entire life, that you can die while getting an abortion? I've never heard that in my life. So then I was curious to know, well, what's the math on this? If it's 17 to 1, right? So then what, 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 so I looked it up. I think it was 20 per 100,000 
like, you know, live childbirths result in death, right? So the math on that would be about one or 1.5 to 100,000 abortions result in death. Okay. What do you think the death rate is for 20 to 40 year olds from COVID? I think it's less than one to 100,000, right? So if you're claiming a fucking emergency that you need to do forced vaccines for, what, what do you call getting an abortion, right? And then what, what exactly is this emergency situation that still exists that you can get emergency approval for giving a vaccine to kids? All right, there's nothing funny there. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, the other Supreme Court case, and this is a big one, was limiting the EPA power and curbing uh, power plant emissions. What's big about this is if you've been following the ESG storyline, uh, essentially, or here, here's the more simple storyline. Biden has clearly done regulations that has limited uh, coal usage and expanding fossil fuel usage in the United States of America. Most recent storyline that we're going to see in a couple of minutes is that he didn't act quickly enough to get new leases on, um, on government, man, uh, government land for oil. Now, they're trying to take this as an opportunity to go, hey, look, at 5 and $6 a gallon for gasoline, um, it's showing that we need to invest in alternative energy because the reason why the prices are going up is because of Putin. We can't continue to have to rely on other people. And so if we want to be self-reliant, we need to expand green energy. It's all a lie. It has nothing to do with Putin. It was happening anyways. It's because they shut down the expansion of oil within our country, at least as best as I can understand it. And so part of the way that they're going to be able to make green energy cost effective is by driving up the cost of, you know, fossil fuels. And by the way, cheap fossil fuels, that's the formula for a rich economy. That's how we grow. If you got cheap energy, everything's built off of cheap energy. So part of his plan is essentially having organizations like the EPA start to regulate emissions so that what, so essentially fossil fuel usage becomes more expensive. And so relative to the expense of the fossil fuels, your green energy makes more sense. Now, if you don't believe that climate, war, climate change is an imminent threat, raising prices on energy, I mean, it probably results in death. Like it literally results in, you know, people not being able to heat their homes, people not being able to drive to work. It, it, you're driving up every single cost. So for your poorest people in the country, that can't, that can't be helpful. And then if you start imposing it on third world countries, you really, you, you end up with bigger problems. Uh, so the Supreme Court got rid of it. This one's actually a pretty good win, like for, you know, people that like freedom, because essentially what they said is that Congress needs to speak with specificity. I don't know that word. When it wants to give an agency authority to regulate an issue of major national significance, and of course, the like Congress is like, yeah, we're we're, we're into broad and plausible deniability. So, I guess we got to shut down. <laughs> like, I guess we're, I guess Congress is over. But essentially, what they said is if they create a re like, the, the Supreme Court's trying to say you can't just have essentially dictators in regulation that they just step in, they don't do anything that everyone, anyone wants to do and they can't be voted out of power. So basically they're like, if, if this is gonna be done, it has to be done uh, by Congress. Uh, all right, then here's the last thing I'm gonna make. We'll go back to some sillier news topics that happened this past week. I'm noticing a lot of storylines where the newest talking point out of the left is taking the country backwards. So this is in regards to the EPA emission story, another devastating decision that aims to take our country backwards. United Nations spokesperson Stefan DeJurek also weighed in and called the decision a setback in our fight against climate change. This was in regards to Roe versus Wade. Most in new polls saying overturning Roe is a step backwards. Then you had, this was in New York in regards to the gun laws. This was the governor, uh, Kathy Hochul said, 
uh, we're not going backwards. That's their new thing, is we're not going backwards. And um, firstly, I'd like to point out, like, I'm going to take a stand against stepping backwards. Like, if a car coming, that could save your life. You're running towards a cliff, taking a step backwards, that's going to help you out. I just think, like, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes you take a step backwards, you reevaluate what you're doing, that can help. Someone's going to punch you, you take a step backwards. I just feel like, you know, they're kind of they're, they're really shitting on taking a step backwards. I feel like taking a step backwards has its moments, and uh, no one's given taking a step backwards enough credit, except for one guy. Remember when Trump was saying, let's make the country great again? Was that what he's talking about? Maybe that's what he means by going backwards. You go back to when it was great. So, wait, I have one more thing on that. I know it's kind of dumb. All right. <laughs> What was that? Opposite of progressive. Opposite of progressive. Um, all right. We'll skip that. All right. Let's take a moment. Plug. Yo Kratom and Yo Delta. I got to start bringing out some gummies. If you guys, you guys are pot smokers out here. If you haven't tried Yo Delta yet, you get yourself a bag of gummies. Those shit will fuck you up. Do it on weekends. Do it on vacations if you're over the age of 21. Or the, uh, the vape pens. Because weed's actually not even uh, legal here. No one's smoking it. Because I'm, uh, I'm on a system. So go to YoDelta.com. <laughs> Get yourself some vape pens, and uh, the, the gummies will fuck you up to high heaven. The vape pens are, like, better if you're, like, out and about and want to be sociable. All right, let's get into a couple more topics. Kyle, you out there? Yeah. All right, everyone, welcome Kyle back up to the Run Your Mouth podcast. Woo! We got Kyle. Is this working? All right. Oh, What's up, everybody? How we doing? Yeah. Hey. Two things, two things I learned. So far that was, in this that podcast. That was a sexy walkout, by the way. Did you like that? Yeah, that was uh, good energy. I try to keep everything sexy, buddy. All right. Two things I learned. One, the Bidens are so well connected that they brought in a train to try to derail you. Middle <laughs> <There laughs> of that, pun intended. Fun. That was uh, pretty impressive. Also, uh, I just re-realized that Robbie's actually like really fucking smart. <laughs> I got that financial stuff. I got no goddamn idea what you're talking about. Oh, well, hopefully they're did. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> really thinks that, like, I'm part of the problem that Dave has all the takes and then Robbie's just like, yeah, fucking boobs, and then he jumps in. <laughs> so I'm just going to do that. <laughs> well, that'll be perfect. No, no, we're done, we're done with all the uh, important topics. This one was oh, Biden to award Medal of Freedom to Biles McCain Giffords. And I feel like if you're one of these people, you're like, can I get this from a better president? Yeah, that's like a shitty, yeah. shitty award when it comes from Biden. Yeah, it's like an award with an asterisk. <laughs> it's like Barry Bonds' home run record. Yeah. <laughs> also, Simone Biles, it, she sucks. Well, yeah. It's like she, it's like celebrating weakness thing at this point. Yeah. Except she was molested a lot. Uh, oh, she was a Nasser yeah, person. Yeah, she was a Nasser person. Ooh. And then she was taking Adderall, and then China wouldn't let her take the Adderall, and so she freaked out and fucked up. She's like, I'm too anxious to not have legal speed. Yeah. <laughs> and so I can't do backflips. Yeah, I, I don't... But it, it, it does feel like millennial, like, you lost. <laughs> <laughs> so why are we celebrating you losing yeah right because she does subway commercials now and that's what you get medals for I guess well the last subway commercial guy w turned out to be a pedophile Ooh. so I feel like that's not like the like that shouldn't be like the marker of like the esteem of like the highest <laughs> position in our society you think well after she was molested by now this is going to be a dark joke but she, after molested by Nasser they're like oh Simone we got a sponsorship for you and she's like who is it and they're like, Subway. And she's like, not again. <laughs> 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 you can't escape these people. So this one, 
I thought was remarkable. Amongst the people that are going to get this award from Biden, uh, he's going to recognize Sarah, uh, Sandra Lindsay, uh, the New York City nurse who rolled up her sleeve on live television in December 2020 to receive the first COVID-19 vaccine uh, dose that was pumped into an arm in the United States. And they're celebrating her now like she landed on the moon. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? It's like you were the first person... To, I mean, actually, Trump was the first person, but it was the remdesivirs. It was all the other shit that he got. Oh, so really, yeah. Trump, you want to talk about the astronaut of taking drugs. Right? Yeah, Trump should be getting this award. Wouldn't that be great if Biden gave Trump an award? That would be amazing. Yeah, between Operation Warp Speed and personally taking all of the drugs. That should be going to Trump. <laughs> like, Trump, you were the first one who bravely snorted a bunch of horse paste. <laughs> so here's your medal. <laughs> I got these drugs to everybody so fast, okay? Even Biden's got to recognize me. <laughs> I got these drugs, like, wow, that's a lot of drugs. <laughs> All right, Biden says he supports change incentive filibuster rules for abortion rights, uh, which it's just sore loser shit. Like, yeah, it really is kind of weak. When they start talking about, like, they're going to start packing the court because the court is... The fact that I didn't get the decision I want is showcasing the fact that the court is corrupt. Yeah, it's like, oh, it didn't go in my favor? Well, then this whole thing doesn't work. Oh, yeah, now, now you feel that way. Weird. I just also, I, is this just me? The Supreme Court has been in every news story for the last, like, month, and I feel like it's more than my entire life combined. Oh, yeah, because... Like, they just started doing stuff? Usually... <laughs> That's what it seems like. Well, usually it's, uh, yeah, it's, like, more nuanced, boring shit. Yeah. So it's not like, uh, well, no, no, no. You know what it more is? It's like, we all know you can't roll back, like, people. Like, you, we'll never take back health care. We'll never take back Social Security. Yeah, it's fucked. So it's, it's the fact that they just took something away from people. So that makes a big difference. Like, people are... Took babies rattle away. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, in this case... They didn't because the babies weren't being born. But, oh, yeah. there it is. They help more babies get to rattle stage. <laughs> but. So ironic. Yeah. All right. And then, oh, this I think I mentioned earlier, but the Biden administration offshore drilling plan delayed. The reason I bring up these stories is because if I just talked without you guys seeing it, people would just be like, he's making this shit up. It seems, it seems Alex Jones until you actually see it in writing. Um, but... Essentially, I, I mentioned it earlier, but for a guy who's trying to pretend that he's doing everything to bring down oil prices, uh, he missed the, the, their deadline for getting new leases to start drilling uh, where there's oil. So in other words, there's American oil. They could just sell it to companies so that they can go drill it. Taxpayers make money off the leasing, and we end up with more oil, and he doesn't seem to want to do that because he's not doing it. Because yeah, uh, it's Putin's fault, obviously. Oh, Obviously. All right, second to last topic. Let's talk about this lying bitch. Uh, <laughs> did you watch her testimony? No. Uh, all right, so if you guys didn't see it, basically, this lady... No one's watching the January 6th stuff anymore. They basically they got off to a good start. Here's a fun fact. Apparently, the guy who's producing it, because uh, they, they clearly have like a good television news producer, is also the guy that refused to... Uh, I think it was an ABC to run with the Jeffrey Epstein story when they first got it six or seven years ago. So if you want to know if maybe there is a deep state or kind of thing, like literally the same television propagandist who shut down that news story is working on the January 6th. Like he's the guy behind the scene right. producing it. Weird. Yeah. So in this case, you got this lazy up lady up there and she's going, I wasn't there, I didn't see it, but boy did I hear some scandalous things. 
And then not only is, is she describing things that she wasn't there for and didn't see, but she does it with like a, and then I was molested energy, and then he did this, and then that was said, and then he broke this. But then she starts gesturing for things she didn't see. So here's the claim. She claims she claims that Trump is way the Oh, there's cool. the Bidens again here. <laughs> Fuck off! They it's just Hunter smoking crack, <laughs> <laughs> throwing coal in there. Like, we gotta get back! <laughs> If what she said was true, then Trump really is the coolest person ever. Because apparently, from the back seat of the presidential SUV, he reached over, grabbed a Secret Service guy by the throat, and told him, fuck you, I'm the president, we're going to the Capitol building. And then when Secret Service refused, he used his super stretch arm-like uh, <laughs> arms to reach the steering wheel, and then start driving from the back seat to the Capitol building. Dude, he's so cool. Uh, so fucking cool. You hear that story, and the nation's like, we got to vote for this guy. <laughs> That's they're, some, like, diehard energy. Yeah. Right there. They're like, maybe Mike Pence really was a bitch. <laughs> and maybe he really did win this thing. But she's up there, and she wasn't there when it happened. But she's going, and then he grabbed the guy by the throat. and she. But she's. It, it's, like, so clearly... Yeah. Yeah. So I heard a nasty rumor that all of this happened in detail, and let me give it to you. What? She just looks like a fucking liar. All right. She's holding her throat because she's choking on her lies. <laughs> That's and a great joke. Thank you. Here's the last uh, news story. This one's uh, particularly creepy, so that we can go out on a creepy note. You guys can all know that you should be throwing your phones into a river. Uh, Google will delete user location history for abortion clinic visits. So, essentially... Wow. We know, like, uh, there's a stunning admission about the data that's collected on us and what could be done with it. Because they also found out, oh, if there's a period tracker app on your phone and that period tracker app worked with the government, the government can know when you're pregnant. Or if your phone's tracking your locations at all time and you went to an abortion clinic, and let's say you lived in Texas, well, then you just committed a crime. So Google said, we're going to delete this information. But what does that sound like? sounds like they got your location information. And it sounds like in other instances, they'd be more than willing to work with the government. Now, this comes after earlier this year, there was a story that Peter Thiel was selling information to the CDC and that the CDC was getting macro data about how many people were listening to basically co like CDC guidance. And then they were also, I think on a granular level, seeing if they could track like, if it, like singular individuals were spreading COVID. And now that was something that was like conspiracy theory that the CDC was tracking us. It turned out to be true. Uh, now, 23andMe, sadly, Kyle, you're not, you did that, so you're not able to rape anymore, which... Uh, yeah, which is a real bummer. Yeah. You had a good run, though. Yeah, it turned out I'm mostly Viking, so my <laughs> ancestors are pissed. No, so that's happened. 23andMe, they were sharing uh, data with the feds, and then all of a sudden people were, like, getting arrested. Uh, now, I, I, like, if the CIA actually had a folder on you, you think it would be interesting? On me? Yeah. I mean, only if they've seen my uh, my porn history. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> I feel like outside a porch store, like before this thing, it would be like, this guy really likes donuts. Yeah. That would be about like, it. Man, this guy eats an unhealthy amount of Taco Bell. <laughs> and that's what they would have on me. Do you actually, do, will you eat Taco Bell? Oh, I fucking love, to, I'm like an addict. Will if you I'm on a road trip and I see the bell, right. I'm like, fuck. And I turn, I <laughs> pull over. Will you eat it during the day? Oh, I'll eat it 24-7, guy. Does it ruin you, or you can... It makes me strong as an ox, my friend. <laughs>
Well, That's why I'm so there, tall. Out there, a round of applause if you'll eat Taco Bell. Where are my Bell fans at? That was four of them, and they smoke weed, and they're not healthy. Yeah, they're all so high as fuck. Like, I feel like the poll data is... <laughs> is, is I'm in trouble. Is Don't eat Taco Bell. All right, let's read this. Uh, Google said Friday that it would delete its users' location history whenever they visit an abortion cl clinic, domestic violence shelter, or other similarly sensitive place responding publicly for the first time to calls for the data giant to limit the amount of information it collects that could be used by law enforcement for abortion investigations and prosecutions. Once again, my takeaway is uh, they're collecting all of our data. Yeah, it's so creepy. Yeah. And then, I, I mean, this is more, well, all right. And then lastly, just to showcase the fact that um, it, they clearly are taking our data and they know the value of it, is that they don't want TikTok to be able to do the same thing. <laughs> no, they made a big stink that essentially, there's a great one. If you've never seen it, you got to go watch Ted Cruz grilling the CEO from TikTok. Uh, but basically, TikTok was saying, well, we don't share the information with the C uh, Communist Chinese Party. We do it with our parent company. And they're like, yeah, but the parent company just gives it to them. So they finally copped to that that was happening. And so now their new thing is that it's going to be an Oracle servers that no one else has access to. The point being, like, if you look at it from a free market perspective, um, so if this data is so dangerous that the U.S. government's going, we can't allow China to have it, then what is the value of it, and why are we okay with the U.S. government having it? You guys, you guys get my, my point right. there? All right. I think, uh, all right, we can cover this last one. This was Bezos' yacht stuck as company rolls out dismantling iconic bridge. I don't know if you, do you guys care, follow the story at all? Anyone familiar with this? Jeff Bezos commissioned one guy, the Bigfoot dude. Uh, <laughs> His feet are huge. <laughs> uh, Jeff Bezos is building a $500 million super yacht. The thing is unbelievable. Wow. And it was built in a factory that cannot access the ocean because there's a bridge that's too low for his boat, right? <laughs> so he's like, fuck this bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, but now if you're Jeff Bezos, you go, all right, well, I can afford to take down the bridge and rebuild the bridge because mm. you're, that, you're that rich. Yeah, and I like, think, I'll just Amazon send in a new bridge overnight. Yeah. Two-day like, shipping. They're like, I got this. I'm <laughs> fucking Jeff Bezos. I'll get you a new bridge. No problem. Now, the idea of like rebuilding a historic site like exactly as is. Yeah. All right. I guess if you're Bezos, you're gonna you're willing to pay for it, and like it's gonna be exactly the way it was. Like fine. But everyone was just like, "Fuck you!" Like, like no one really cares. But they were just like, "Bezos, you can't have your yacht. Like you're not taking out my bridge." Yeah. And people made such a stink out of it. Like I think he's not gonna get his boat, which is great. Like. Yeah. And fuck it. There's something about yachts. It's like the ultimate. Just like, hey peasants. Look at my ridiculously oversized boat. <laughs> Suck my dick. No, I just love that people, like, the Dutch just banded together to just be like, fuck Bezos. Like, you can't yeah. have it. Like, fuck you, we're the Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take all of our wooden shoes and we'll stamp on your boat. <laughs> all right, that is it for the Run Your Mouth podcast. Let's hang out and get fucking hammered. Thanks, everybody. Oh, yeah.